Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement. Available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Kearns. Welcome, listeners, to another exciting and recurring episode with one of our all-time favorite guests, it's Dr. Kate Shanahan from home base in Napa, California. How's everything going, Kate? Hey, Brad. It's a beautiful day today here in Napa. Uh, I so much appreciated our last show, which did not feature any proper questions from listeners, but we got more into your background and how uh, uh, balancing the um, being in the traditional medical world with these incredible uh, breaking energy and momentum in the primal paleo ancestral health world and talking about the four pillars of good nutrition of world cuisine from from the book deep nutrition so go back and listen to that episode if you if you missed it and now today i thought we would get into um, some questions that came in from listeners yeah that's the, the some of these questions are look really interesting important um, well some of us some, some of you might have seen the um, the headline story that comes in as a question, it was, it was called um, Treating Mild Hypertension with Drugs Might Be Misdirected. And it goes on to um, produce some shocking statistics in there. So we want to get your opinion on that. You're familiar with that study, I'm sure, or the, the article that came out. Yeah, it's uh, whoever that listener was, he's really on the ball because it just uh, got published within the past week in the British Medical Journal, uh, which, by the way, is a free full text online. So if anybody's really interested, they can read it, uh, the full thing on the link. Um, and uh, what they're saying is, uh, actually, it was, I'm proud to say, a bunch of family physicians um, who uh, thought to look in this direction. I'm a family physician myself. And we are always um, looking out for our patients in the long run and asking the question, are we doing more harm and good? So they asked this very important question is, uh, what if somebody has uh, just slightly elevated blood pressure where it's somewhere, you know, maybe 140 over 90, um, not not what I would call sky high, like 180 over 100 or something like that. Um, and this constitutes uh, something uh, about 40% of the population um, of adults, actually, have hypertension. And I'm not sure the statistic on the mild hypertension, but it's a huge, a huge part of it. I think it's actually um, something like at least 22% of that 40% of all adults in the world um, have just mild hypertension and uh, you know are, are encouraged to be treated. But um, it seems as though, uh, it's first of all, it's costing, managing the, those people with only mild hypertension costs uh, about $30 billion a year worldwide and oh. <laughs> um, is potentially causing something on the order of 8 million, or actually it says 9.4 million deaths. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the complications of the over-treatment are causing 
possibly millions of deaths, something on the order of seven to eight millions of deaths possibly per year. So, you know, that's a big deal. And I think we'll be hearing a lot more about this study and about um, pulling back on treating people with merely mild hypertension with drugs and instead focusing on lifestyle modifications, you know, which is where um, Mark's Daily Apple really shines. Oh, that's <laughs> but, great. So, but the, you know, the, some folks have actually questioned, is it even an issue to have mild hypertension? Isn't it normal to have blood pressure go up as we age? And the answer is, it's The common, answer is, but, uh, depends on you know, your boyfriend. <laughs> and if they're if nice retired. or mean to you. <laughs> yeah, right. If you've retired or not. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the answer is no, it's not normal, but it's common. So, um, but the, the real problem is that we, we don't get benefit from treating these mild degrees of hypertension the same way that we do get real pretty profound benefits from treating greater degrees of hypertension because of the fact that we can't expect drugs to make something perfect. So that's how I explain it to my patients is that when I do have them on blood pressure medicines, I don't expect their blood pressure to be perfect. I just want to get it down you know, out of that really high range where we're basically risking blowing a gasket somewhere, you know, it's much higher risk of, of bleeding strokes and aneurysms, which kill people suddenly. Um, so that's that's there's real benefit in taking your blood pressure medicine. I'm certainly not suggesting jumping off of it, but um, uh, the question is, would you be better off making a lifestyle change and controlling it that way, particularly if you just have mild hypertension? So ask your doctor, especially if he's a family practice doctor. He'll probably want to talk to you about it. <laughs> and what are some uh, quick and easy ways to get that lower if you come up high on a reading? with dietary or um, other meditation, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest things is folks who have long commutes to work. That is like horrible for your health. Uh, a lot of people he- here have commutes on the order of 45 minutes to an hour. And they're, that really stresses them out when they come in to see me after commuting to, they say they work in Napa, they live 45 minutes away and they come in on their way in, their blood pressure can be up by, you know, 20 or more, more points. So if you have to do that, make sure to find ways to listen to something relaxing, like a great podcast <laughs> on the way in or, you know, music or something. So that's funny you say that because I, I like to go, uh, back and forth between all the wonderful primal paleo oriented podcasts. And then I listen to some sports stuff and get to hear about all these NFL guys who are still playing after slapping people around. And so that could cause a a blood pressure spike. So I'm I'm glad I'm going to listen to this show and relax after we're done. (laughs) Um, Here's another question. Dr. Kate, my question is about hormone replacement therapy to delay the aging process. I guess this is a different issue for males and females. For men, the long-time caveat against taking external hormones that testosterone can increase the risk of tumors slash accelerate the growth of tumors seems to be coming under question. We'll see if you uh, agree with that or your comments. The rest of the question. Then we have the counter-argument that we're evolved to simply reach reproductive age and we're not really designed to live to 100. And furthermore, that estrogenic influences in the environment are challenging our maintenance of uh, healthy hormone levels as we age. Um, I'll put in a a side here. I I remember um, a, a study referencing the the testosterone readings from soldiers in World War I versus the um, 
the medical exams of uh, the Gulf War soldiers, and it was something like fourfold increase, higher testosterone back in the, the World War I group. So what do you think, Kate, about natural strategies as well as hormone replacement strategies to optimize adaptive hormones for males in that age range of, I guess, 40 to 70, question mark, and also the differing concerns for females with hormone replacement? So that's a huge question, and people have written books about it. I think but there's like think, six questions that came yeah. in there, but, <laughs> but go to really town. Stuff. It's really fascinating. Um, I think the key thing is to try to pin down what are we trying to improve exactly with um, any kind of a hormone replacement. And the way I look at it is, is what really limits our lifespan is, you know, say everything, your organs are working properly. Uh, say you're not getting Alzheimer's. Say you've taken care of yourself. Well, it's our connective tissue because... Um, um, it, with the best connective tissue that a person can get um, will still have a half-life of 75 years. So um, more than anything else, a specific type of connective tissue called elastin correlates with the half-life of the organism. This is a molecular way of predicting your lifespan um, that I think is very fascinating. So animals that have elastin with a half-life of 10 years uh, tend to live about 10 years. So that would be like dogs. Um, elephants and human beings have elastin which, uh, with a half-life of much longer. So we, we tend to live much longer. Uh, humans, the elastin half-life is 75 years. So that means that half of your elastin is gone by 75 years. And if you can improve the amount of elastin or the somehow preserve other uh, connective tissues by using estrogen or testosterone therapy, which there's reason to believe that you can because we know estrogen and testosterone improve bone health. Bone is a type of connective tissue. Um, and there, there is uh, reason to believe there's research evidence that estrogen and testosterone also stimulate collagen formation in other connective tissues, these, the joints, the arteries. Um, so there's reason to believe that having a higher amount of estrogen is going to lead to longer lifespan. But the key thing is timing because when we develop our elastin is in our teens. So uh, we're kind of done with it by the time we're 20. So if we didn't have our peak estrogen or testosterone level for whatever reason at that point in time, then taking additional estrogen and testosterone is not going to help with that particular type of connective tissue, which is perhaps the most important type. So there's other types of connective tissue that will still benefit as, as life goes on, but um, the, they're not going to benefit if your levels are normal. So if you already have a normal level of estrogen, testosterone, you're not going to do better by exceeding normal. There's just only so much you can get. There's like a ceiling. You can't take more vitamins, for example, and get more benefit, right? Kate, you, can we, you test for your... Uh, levels? We can, but the other part of it is the receptivity to the hormone, which we really don't test for. We don't have a way of testing for it. Um, and so you can have normal or seemingly subnormal levels, but if your levels are normal and you're not receptive, then it doesn't do you any good. 
um, or if your levels are low and you're not receptive, then replacement doesn't do you any good. So it's really not a slam dunk, in my view, that taking estrogen and testosterone has any benefit in, in, in a given person. It, you know, you, you would have to do some testing and you would have to find some specific evidence of improvement immediately <laughs> on, on taking it. That it would be, you know, like for example, in women with hot flashes, if they have hot flashes and they take a little extra progesterone, well, probably what's happening there is the progesterone is balancing out the, the cortisol. And, um, I think we've, I think that's what the current thinking is, is that hot flashes come from more sensitivity to cortisol. And if you have a higher level of progesterone in your body and or estrogen, it balances out those cortisol pulses and, and you don't get hot flashes anymore. So, um, so that would be an obvious benefit because hot flashes make women miserable. They're embarrassing. You start sweating during a business conversation and they can keep you up at night. So that's, that's my take on hormone replacement in women. If you're having symptoms, for sure. There's other things that, you know, you could argue about, well, if your bone density is low, you know, you can measure this. You can measure improvement after taking estrogen for a couple of years. So there's reason to believe that, you know, a medium amount of some hormone replacement, um, particularly in women, has has benefit. As far as in men, you know, you can make some of the same arguments on bone density. Men don't have hot flashes. Um, uh, I actually have hot flashes when I'm in business conversations, like with Mark sometimes, so... <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe we need to check your progesterone levels now. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so there was actually a recent article uh, that came out questioning the practice of an entire group of doctors who are in an organization called Age Management medicine. And um, there's doctors who are not in this group are kind of calling out this whole group and saying, you know, when you're prescribing this testosterone to people, um, there's absolutely no evidence that it's helping them. And there's a lot of reason to think that it's harming them. And what they're talking about when they say evidence in the article is, you know, the standard kind of very hard to collect large groups of evidence. You know, there's the N equals one evidence where people can feel better and stuff like that. And then there's like the literature evidence. So there's really no evidence in the literature that you can improve the aging process or somehow delay the aging process with testosterone. Um, Kate, the doctors in the age management medicine, this is the counter to the people that uh, who who's against it? Uh, the the organization that called them out, I believe, was the American Urological Society. Oh, if okay. I remember right. So the age um, management medicine are folks that are believing in hormone replacement. Yeah. Yeah, they prescribe a lot of hormone replacement, and they're kind of a, it's like a boutique organization. Um, a lot of uh, baby boomers go, and they just they get testosterone shots and gels, and run out of there all happy that their their lives are going to be you know extended somehow. Um, and you can sense from my uh, comments, I think that I don't really buy that. I don't think you can cheat nature. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense that you could do better than nature just by taking a shot. You know, there's a, life is pretty complicated. It doesn't boil down to a shot of testosterone. But also I've seen a lot of men um, as a primary care doctor who've gone through this 
And um, they start out feeling great because they get this boost of hormone. But because a lot of the problem in aging is is that the body just doesn't respond normally to hormone anymore, they lose that boost of energy. And all that they're left with are the side effects. So they, I can see them in a restaurant now. I can see who's getting testosterone because they get like a, a flush on their cheeks because testosterone makes you produce a lot more red blood cells. So they're, they walk around like flushed. After a certain number of shots, they're, they risk elevated triglycerides, abnormal liver enzymes, elevated blood pressure. And so I've taken a lot of people or I've recommended that they stop getting their shots and these problems re- reverse and they don't feel any worse. So I, 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 you know, I'm cynical because I haven't really been impressed but with my N equals a several more than one, several dozen. <laughs> of so there's a couple things operating here. First, you were talking about extending lifespan. And then the second uh, element is, let's say, improving peak performance or uh, getting leaner or whatever, b- being more more of a performance oriented with, without regard to, you know, ultimate longevity. Yeah, that's that's um, a whole different ball of wax, and uh, certainly there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that from guys who have done these sorts of things. Which I, you know, since they're illegal, I don't think we're going to see a lot of controlled studies. But uh, and there's a lot of science to suggest some of these practices might be beneficial which are basically what they do is they use very low levels of additional supplemental testosterone and sometimes human growth hormone and other little cocktails of things. Uh, And that, you know, they say it really improves their performance to the extent that it changes the game in some sports where a lot of people are doing this. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't work really in that world. So, I don't have a really well thought out opinion on on that. I, I you know it's not obviously I don't think it's great for your long term health because then you're making all these weird adjustments in your metabolism that we don't really know what the long term effects are. Oops, better turn that off. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you can answer it online. Let, let's see. Who, who, it might be Kobe Bryant. Let's hold on, audience. Let's see who's calling Kate. <laughs> You'd never oh, know. In. Yeah. Let's pause for a commercial while Kate talks to Kobe about lunch today. Uh, So that's interesting. Uh, Not to um, stay too long on this, but it's a fascinating topic. And um, we're actually, uh, Mark and Carrie are working on an anti-aging multimedia educational course right now. So it's a hot topic around primal land too. Um, And one thing I wanted to go back to was that fascinating insight about elastin being a predictor of longevity. And I'm wondering why that is. I mean, obviously, if someone has a creaky joint and falls and and breaks their hip on the stairs and they're 97 years old, that's not going to be a a good deal. But beyond that, why is elastin so important? Um, Elastin is the structural backbone of our, a lot of our connective tissues, uh, from our skin to our arteries to our ligaments. And it, uh, we can only make it under a very specific set of conditions that have to do with hormones that occur when we're a child, in childhood and, um, during puberty and then go away. So you can't make any more of it. And like, 
the name suggests, elastin, it gives these tissues that I mentioned a lot of their flexibility, their stretchiness. So loss of elastin is the reason we get wrinkles, the primary reason that we get wrinkles. And so wrinkles on the skin, you know, don't have a whole lot of health effects, but the same idea in your arteries leads to aneurysms and uh, varicose veins, loss of tenseness in the, uh, or loss of tightness in the joints uh, that can lead to laxity and arthritis. So it's uh, essential. And if we don't have, you know, you mentioned that study that suggested that the quality of elastin in our fighting force has declined. I'm sorry, the testosterone levels. You were talking about testosterone when you mentioned that study earlier is one-fourth the level of what it was generations ago. That has an impact um, on on a, a man's connective tissue and um, the amount of elastin that they're able to make. So these hormone changes uh, lead to profound body changes and I think that this should be a topic of discussion in our community because the diet has a huge impact on your body's ability to produce and respond normally to all hormones, including testosterone and estrogen. So you mentioned that by the age of 20, we're done making our elastin. So obviously the dietary habits of uh, the youth are critically important to longevity in that sense, but so if we're over 20, is there anything we can do or address in the diet to perhaps improve receptivity, which you said you can't test for, but how do we stand if we were, we, we pounded too much junk food till we're 20 and now we're hoping to live a long, ha- happy, healthy life? Well, the first thing that happens when you get onto a healthier diet is the ability uh, the inflammatory responses go down and inflammation interferes with hormone receptivity and directly destroys connective tissues, including elastin. It basically, like it, uh, there's free radicals that form, there's enzymes that are become activated that are damaging to the connective tissue and literally chew up the collagen and start to break it down. So if you get off your healthy diet, no matter how no matter your age, I'm sorry, if you get off your unhealthy diet, get rid of the inflammation, then you're going to um, stop the damage. And there are other families of connective tissue that your body makes. And so you will be able to make some other connective tissues, some other types of collagen. That's actually what we're talking about is elastin is a type of collagen that goes into many of your connective tissues. So you can make other types of collagen. And those have uh, at least some benefit, you know, in strength, structural strength and benefits to your all of your tissues that you want to be healthy. So folks have noticed that when they get off their crummy diets, they see improvements in their skin, you know, and uh, to the extent where uh, people have been asked if they have gotten Botox shots and the response they gave was, no, no not Botox, I did bone broth. So oh. you, you do see improvements from presumably other types of collagen being produced in a healthier amounts. That's a good headline. I like that. (laughs) It's not Botox. It's bone broth. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that was a, that was a great question. Let's, let's try to hit one more. And then um, on our next show, we'll have uh, more of them piling up. And maybe this is sort of a a follow-up because Carl Bendy, our prolific questioner from Michigan and, guy who delivers the Primal Transformation Seminar out there, 
says um, regarding bone broth and the glycosaminoglycans that you talk about so much, can you give us a brief uh, recap here about the benefits of uh, consuming bone broth? Yeah, so bone broth, which you can make from boiling leftover chicken bones after you polish off uh, your rotisserie chicken, to save those bones, boil them. Uh, we've got recipes on our website. There's lots of other recipes on on the web. Uh, the key thing is to get some sort of acid in there, and acids come from vegetables. The acid helps to break down the joint material, and in that joint material, the magic stuff are families of molecules called glycosaminoglycans, proteoglycans, glycoproteins. These all have benefits in our bodies that were not really appreciated until fairly recently, particularly a family of molecules called glycosaminoglycans, which are encapsulated into a related form uh, called glucosamine and chondroitin. So these are joint supplements that um, have some benefit on connective tissue health, but nowhere near the benefit that you get from boiling bones and having bone stock in your life. And what those molecules do is they resist, they, they don't get digested. So one of the reasons there's been skepticism that these molecules have any effects whatsoever is because the thinking was that they would just get broken down and digested and they're basically made out of amino acids and sugar. And so it would just be like regular protein and carb intake. But the fact is that they don't. They actually pass directly through the digestive tract without being digested, circulate around in the bloodstream freely apparently, and have been found on radioactive tracer studies to end up in joints that are damaged. So they basically are somehow biochemically attracted to damaged connective tissues. And it's probably, I mean, based on charged because these are very charged molecules, but I guess it doesn't really matter why it works. The fact is it does work. And they, they, um, glycosaminoglycans act as growth factors for these cells in your connective tissues called fibroblasts, and fibroblasts produce collagen. So these growth factors kick the fibroblasts in the butt, wake them up, and make them start spitting out collagen at, at a faster rate. And that's what they—that's what they're for. And your joints are basically built around different types of collagen. So they're like—it's like a growth factor. It's almost like taking a hormone. Um, hormones are growth factors too. So what you feel is if you are following it, a anti-inflammatory diet so that these things can work, you, you sometimes notice the very next day that you wake up with less stiffness, if you've had any kind of aches and pains, um, particularly in your hands and feet, because there's a lot of um, slippery collagen that you need to have in good working order um, in your hands and feet because there's so many little tiny joints there and lots of tendons. Uh, that uh, people often notice the very next day that they f- that they feel the effects of having the bone stock the night before. Oh, that's fantastic, and that's why you're such a big proponent of it. And I have to say, Kate, this is why we love you. This podcast was incredibly informative. You've talked about some some stuff that um, I've never come across before, and I hope our listeners really enjoyed it and can give a thorough review of the transcript produced by Gail Kearns. Um, she'll have a lot of words to 
try to get the spelling right. <laughs> but this is great because so many people are looking for the fountain of youth and the, the concept of taking an anti-aging regimen that would magically make everything quickly better. Um, but now you can see these folks from across the restaurant. So there's always, it, it's not so simple, <laughs> but maybe it is when you start to think about uh, an anti-aging regimen as simple as adding more bone broth to your life. Absolutely. It's so, just as simple as, as you can take a lot of control yourself without having to get expensive tests or, you know, weird supplements injected. That's great. Thank you so much for taking the time today to do the, the Primal Blueprint podcast, enjoying our time with our guest, Kate Shanahan. This is your host, Brad Kearns, and we'll talk to you in the future. Please send a question in or record a question for Dr. Kate at blog.primalblueprint.com. And if you're ready to take your health into your own hands and optimize it to the maximum, check out the Primal Advantage one-on-one metabolic consulting program with Dr. Kate herself. You're going to engage directly with her on your blood work, your dietary habits, and get a comprehensive and customized plan of attack to get everything working properly for you. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Are you dealing with nagging health issues? Wanting to bust out of a body composition plateau? Frustrated by mainstream medical care that either conflicts with or is uninformed about your primal practices? Finally, you can engage one-on-one with a respected medical expert aligned with primal principles. Primal Advantage Consulting with Dr. Kate Shanahan blends the best of medical science with ancestral health principles and her experience in metabolic consulting with everyone from regular patients at her clinic to elite professional athletes like the Los Angeles Lakers and you. You get to take advantage. Work one-on-one with Dr. Kate to fine-tune your dietary habits for weight loss, peak performance, and minimizing disease risk. Visit PrimalBlueprint.com to find out more and enroll in the Primal Advantage program.